Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. When a couple triumphantly announces, we are expecting, that's a good thing, and everybody's excited. When somebody comes to you and says, yeah, I was expecting what happened to happen. You know that's a bad thing. Expectations can be either things that we look forward to and can't wait to get to, or they can be things that we hope never come to pass, even though we are absolutely certain that they will. <clears throat> that's the thing about expectations. Now, how do we get them? Well, expectations come from our past. What have we experienced? Therefore, how do we think? How do we feel? They, they come from our desires, the things that we really want. <clears throat> and so we look forward to those. We expect to find them maybe somewhere. They also come from our fears, our dreads. Expectation is an, it's a word that defines or de describes a lot about us. Today I want to examine that word and I want to do it in two ways. <clears throat> Number one, I want to ask, what do you expect from God? If you'll turn to Luke chapter 7, <clears throat> I want you to notice the things that unfold in this chapter as it relates to expecting things from God. And then I'm going to ask a question tonight that comes from me to you. And you'll hear tonight why. What do you expect from your preacher? So we're going to talk about those things and expectations today. Let's begin in Luke chapter 7 and notice what unfolds for us here. The first thing I want to ask is this. What do you expect from God in life situations? What do you expect? Let's start in the first few verses of this text. There are two events one of which is not on the outline because it didn't occur to me till the outline was already finished. So you can just add it in if you'd like. Number one, what do you expect from God when life is difficult? What do you expect? Do you expect that God, because He's God, should make it easy for you to get through those difficulties? Do you expect that God should simply remove all of them so life will not be difficult? What do you expect from God? The first event that happens here, Jesus is in Capernaum, up in the north part. Down a little farther south and over toward the coast is a place where 
maybe this guy was from. It's a centurion whose servant was deathly sick. And he sent his, his other servants to Jesus to say, I need you to come and heal my servant. Now think about that for a minute. What did he expect? He expected in these life difficult situations, he knew Jesus. I don't know how he knew him, probably because of all the uproar, all of the stories, everything that was happening. And certainly he had heard about the miracles. And when he was at a desperate time, come heal my servant. This centurion was loved by the Jews. He was kind to them. He even built them a synagogue in his town. And even the Jewish people said, heal his servant. And so Jesus starts in that direction. And in a little while, the servant said, listen, they came back and said, it's not worth you. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. The centurion said, I don't think you should come. Just, just speak the word from where you are, and I know he will be healed. Wow, what a guy. What did he expect from God? He expected, based on the evidence, exactly what he got. His servant was healed. But what do you expect when life is difficult? What have you expected while we've been in this mess? Here's what I discovered later, not in the outline. Look at the second part, <clears throat> starting in verse 11. Here, through about verse 17, we find someone who expected nothing. This woman's son died, and they're on the way to bury this child in the city of Nain. And Jesus, walking by, sees it, has compassion on this widow whose only son has died, and he raised him from the dead. This lady and all of the people with her had no expectations whatsoever because you know what? That's what life is. Life is about difficulty. Life is about challenges. Life is about trouble. Life is difficult. What do you expect from God? The second event in this chapter is the event that was read as the Bible reading. This encounter is with John's disciples. John the baptizer now, this sort of sounds strange, doesn't it, on the surface? I mean, here was John, the cousin of Jesus. John had stayed out there in the wilderness. He had been preaching and teaching. People were coming to him. He was baptizing them. He even baptized Jesus. And now some years after that, about two and a half to three years that happened as his ministry began. He baptized Jesus. And now his ministry is just about over. Chapter 13 begins the last week 
of Jesus' life, or at least chapter 12, I think, begins the week, the beginning of it. At the beginning, John baptized Jesus and started his ministry. And now at the end, all this time, John sends his disciples and says, Are you the Messiah? Are we looking for somebody else? How did he not know? How did he not know who Jesus was? How could he not really get it? Let me ask you a question. What do you expect of God when you're not sure? When you're not sure, what do you expect for God to do? Some want God just to talk to them. I think we could all confess that that would be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, there are times when we're struggling and we're thinking about something and we don't know what to do. God, will you just show me a sign? Give me something. We want that because we want to do the will of God. And we even ask, God, we want your will to be done. But what if we don't know what that will is? Because we sort of connect it to a specific thing instead of a general thing. The will of God is very general. It's going to always be done. The will of God includes a bunch of specifics, any one of which could be in his will. But I just want to know when doubt creeps in, when I'm just not confident, when you're not sure, do you want to know? Do you want to be sure? Do you want to find confidence? Do you want to find that reality that says, oh, I know I can stand now? What do you expect when you just aren't sure anymore. The third event starts in verse 36. This event involves a woman who came to see Jesus as she was eating with, in the home of one of the Pharisees. You know the story well. She brought this alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet and began to wash them and to wipe them with her hair. And she was weeping. What do you expect from God when you have been a failure? When you've messed up? When you can't seem to get anything right? When life seems not to be going right because you made some poor decisions, you did some bad things, what do you expect from God? When this lady came to God in the flesh, do you think she expected to be forgiven? I think so. Do you? When you mess up and you go to God and say, I'm sorry, God, I really am, do you expect to be forgiven? 
I think there's a disconnect in a lot of people who are perfectly willing to accept the forgiveness of God, but then who do not forgive themselves. I know that's tough. But if God forgives, then I ought to be able to forgive myself. What if you mess up and you've asked God forgiveness and He does, in your mind, you've accepted it. Do you think He's still going to punish you? Is there a one-to-one correlation between I did this thing wrong and therefore this thing happened? So that's always been the case and so I'm just expecting that I'm going to get punished. You think this woman expected to be punished? Reprimanded, rebuked? What do you expect from God? Let me ask a second question. I think it flows from the first. What should you expect from God if the following things are true? Look in the text again. The first story. When this servant or this centurion said, Lord, don't come. I'm not worthy. Just speak the word where you are, and I know my servant will be healed. Look what Jesus responds. I have not found such great faith in Israel. What should you expect from God when you lose your faith? You expect that God will just say, oh well. He made his choice. She made a decision. Let him live with it. I don't care. There are a lot of people whose faith faith is challenged. You think God cares about that? So what should you expect from God if in fact He does care when your faith wanes? I think you should expect that He will reach out in some way. He'll reach out through His creation. He'll reach out through His people. And He certainly reaches out through His Word. God is not hard-hearted. And when your faith wanes, expect that He cares. In the second story, when when Jesus raised that widow's son, notice verse 16, fear came upon all and they glorified God. What they saw caused them to fear, meaning have great respect for that authority and that power that we've just seen. That guy is special. 
What should you expect of God when you don't fear him anymore? A father one time told me, I don't want my children ever to be afraid of me. I want them, however, to fear me. But you can't fear without a little bit of afraid. What should you expect from God when you don't fear Him anymore? When what failures you commit don't bother you anymore, therefore you're not concerned what He's going to do? What should you expect from God in that situation? Look at verse 23. In the third story with John the baptizer, Jesus said, Blessed are those who are not offended because of me. John wanted to know who he was, and when he knew who he was, he was certainly willing to give his life to him. What happens and what should you expect of God when you're offended by him? He didn't give me what I wanted. He didn't answer my question. He's not acting like God. He's just sitting back doing nothing. That bothers me. How many people during these times do you think have blamed God for what we are experiencing? And being offended because of what's going on and blaming God for it. What should you expect from God if he offends you? Look again. Verse 30. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the will of God. What should you expect of God if you reject Him? If you just turn away? If you just quit? If you just stop? If you just say, I've had enough, I don't want any more, I'm going to go my own way. What should you expect from God? Interesting. Finally. In the event with the woman, look at verse 39. When this woman was washing the feet of Jesus, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. What should you expect from God when you don't even know who you really are? When you cannot see your own failures, your own faults, your own weaknesses, your own hang-ups, what should you expect from God? So what do you expect 
what should you expect? Let me close with the question that underlies all of this. It was the question read in the text for the day. Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? That's the question that I have to answer. That's the question that you have to answer today, tomorrow, and every day of your life. Is God really God? God says, I am the one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Part of what is called the Jewish Shema. They say it every morning and every night to remind themselves of who God says He is. The One. In Isaiah 45, God put it this way. I am God. There is no other. Beside me there is no other God. I gird or clothe you, even though you don't know me, that you may know me from the rising of the sun to its setting. Besides me, there is no other. I am the Lord. I am the one God. I make light. And I create darkness. I make peace. And I create calamity. I am the Lord, the one. That's what God says. So if He is God, and if He is who He said He is, then what do you expect and what? Should you expect? But what if you're looking for another? Then what? Well, if you look for another, then you become God. Let's go back for a moment. And rehearse what happened in the garden. The serpent came to the woman and said, Has God said you shall not eat of this fruit of this tree? Yes, God had said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. In the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Oh, you will not surely die. But God knows in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened 
You will know good and evil. And you will be like God. The lie began. Go forward to Romans chapter 1. And listen to what happens in this text. For the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. For what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. They became fools, professing to be wise. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into a likeness made after corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things, therefore. God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Listen. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. The lie. What is the lie? that I or you can be God. That's what got them. The devil convinced them, you can be like God. Oh, I want to be God. So if you don't accept God on his terms... If you don't understand the one God and you look for another, then you become your own God. Then you continue the rest of the chapter and you read what all you find there. And then let me ask you this. Does it sound like the world in which we live? And if it does, is it because the world has decided to become its own God? I think so. Therefore, what should they expect? What should we as a nation expect if we keep throwing things in the face of God? What should we as a church expect if we're comfortable and sitting in padded pews and that's all we are? What should we expect 
within our personal lives, God is not God. I hope today that we've been challenged to think more deeply about what it means to say God is one. I expect that he loves every one of us, wants the best for us, and always opens his arms to accept us back when we fail. If you've never submitted the first time in baptism to Jesus, he stands here waiting. And if you need his forgiveness in this group to pray, we're here. But if you just are down and out and troubled, and you need to pick me up, we're here. Our shepherds will be here at the front to meet anyone here in need. We're always willing to meet you and talk to you from online. Let us help today as we stand here and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.